Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. A special episode, I think. The Courage to Take a Swing. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. Welcome inside the Yellow Studio in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. Been on a roll lately. Unprecedented roll, thanks to, well, lifelong hopeless insomnia. Which the doctor says really is an insomnia. Because he's like, you know, your body just doesn't need that much sleep. And I'm like, yeah, but I'd kind of like to get more sleep, but... I'm 12 episodes ahead. That's never, ever happened to me. If you are a podcaster and I've got a few of you in the audience, have you, what's the furthest you've ever been ahead in your podcasting experience? I'm 12 and it's continuing to grow. Hey, let's talk about the courage to take a swing. Last season, I'm watching one of the grandkids play ball, baseball. Well, my granddaughter plays softball. Both of her little brothers, they play baseball. I can't remember which one of them was playing. Uh, it was one of the boys because I do remember it was a baseball game. It wasn't a girl's softball game, which by the way, can be pretty exciting. And of course, in our households, we are OU Sooner fans. And man alive, the OU Sooner, the Lady Sooners softball team who won it all. (laughs) Just unbelievable. They really are. They really were unbelievable. So I'm watching one of the boys play, and I noticed that a few of the players, they come up to the plate when it's their turn to bat, and they just will not swing the bat. It's like it doesn't matter what the pitch is. They're not going to swing the bat. So by the time I see these same players, and there were only – a couple of them, but I see these players come up to the bat the second time around. Well, it's super evident at that point. They're not going to swing. They are not going to swing. They clearly are hoping that they'll get walked, you know, stand in the batter's box. There they are. Bat is perched on their shoulder. Pitch doesn't matter. I mean, the only swings they took were those practice swings that you take before the pitcher winds up. And it didn't matter where the pitch was low, high, right down the middle, slow, fast, didn't matter. They were not going to swing the bat. And of course the most quoted quote about such things leapt to my mind, the famous Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Same could be true in baseball. You miss 100% of the, uh, of the hits that you don't take the swings you don't take, you know, I mean, at least in baseball and softball, unlike hockey, you do have a chance of getting, of being walked. You don't have that kind of luck in hockey. There's no walking in hockey. I've long been fascinated. Well, puzzled, uh, more appropriately. I've been puzzled by kids who play sports, but are just obviously afraid. And really this began with the oldest grandson. Who's now 15. When he was a preschooler, uh, his parents, I, I, maybe he wanted to, um, to play soccer. 
So they sign him up. We go out to the field. He's got his little uniform on and the kids are, you know, and it's, it's, it's like what we called herd hockey. Uh, some people call it, you know, it's a banana sport because they're all just bunched up wherever the soccer ball went. That's where all the kids went. You know, there's, there's no positional, you know, they're preschoolers. He would not take the field. All the other kids are out there running around, having a good time. I mean, it's just a free for all. No, stood on the sideline. We, we talked, we talked his ears off (laughs) trying to convince him. Look, look at all the fun they're having. It'll be great. It'll be great. No, no, no. The most we could do is we finally convinced him to go keep the goalkeeper company. (laughs) At least it got him on the field. So, you know, the poor goalkeeper and it was their goalkeeper. So he was at least with a teammate. You know, he saw no action at all. So they're both just kind of down there loitering around, but man alive, we we worked like, we worked like demons to get him just to, just to do that. Never did figure out what he was afraid of. Who knows? So I'm watching, you know, I'm watching these, I don't know. I think it might've been the youngest, you know, so these are six or seven year olds. They're stepping into the batter's box fully committed to I'm keeping this bat on my shoulder and I'm, and I'm wondering what is he afraid of? I mean, is he afraid of striking out? Is he afraid of looking foolish? Is he afraid of other people making fun of him? Is he, I mean, is he afraid of hitting the ball, but doing it badly? What's he afraid of? Hard to know, hard to know what a little kid's afraid of. It's listen, it's hard to know what somebody is fearful of because I struggle sometimes trying to identify my own fears. So trying to figure it out for somebody else or or what they're afraid of, no clue, no clue. Are we going to, are we going to get a hit? Are we going to get on base? We might, I mean, we, we, we had a single. Okay. Better than a strikeout. Hey, but we might hit a double might hit a triple. Okay, well, we might even we might even walk. We might get walked to first base. Yep, we could absolutely strike out, or we might hit a home run. And and then there's the there's the famous one, which I've never really understood. I mean, no harder than these kids throw it. You could get hit by a pitch, and you could get on base that way. I mean, when you stop and think about it, statistically. You have a lot of opportunity. You have, there's a lot of ways that you can get on base. Now we're talking, we're not talking major leagues here. <laughs> so all the stats get thrown out the windows. If you're going to throw in the major leaguers, these are not major leaguers. These are, these are six, seven year old kids. I did just watch today, the world series and man, the, the Hawaii kids. Did you watch any of that? I was flipping back between that and Rory winning million in the FedEx cup. Uh, Yeah. These Hawaii kids, man, they're ballers. They, these kids can play. They absolutely can play. They just annihilate teams, but you're thinking, okay, there's all these opportunities to get on base. There's all of these opportunities for success. Yes. You can strike out. That's, I mean, it's the worst thing that can happen. But then there's all these other things that are not striking out. The courage to take a swing is the courage to patiently wait 
for the pitch that we most want to hit and to give ourselves the opportunity for any degree of success. This is not about, well, I'm going to swing the bat no matter what. No, we don't want to come on kids at that age. I mean, they can throw the, they can throw behind the batter. They can throw a foot over the batter's head. They can throw three feet outside the box in the opposite direction. You know, they can just be all over the place. So it's not about just swinging the bat so that you can swing the bat, but there are some hittable pitches. Don't you want to swing at a hittable pitch? Multiple ways to get on base. Success is not limited to just hitting the pitch over the fence in a home run. Yeah, that certainly is the very best outcome. There are home runs, by the way, in that age group. Road Rash Roy, the most famous of my grandkids, <laughs> thanks to me. Uh, Road Rash Roy, the youngest of them. Nobody hits it over the fence at that age, but he he absolutely can hit some in the in the inside the field home runs. You know he can hit it to the fence, and that's all she wrote. He he's going to round third and get home, thanks to aggressive base running. Yeah, that's the very best outcome, but that's not the only outcome. And if we strike out, okay, it's not final. I, I, these kids get up to bat three, four more times, three or four times, five times in a game. You know, we have the opportunity to regroup, get back into the box, get another crack at success. So we take our swings and we take our swings at pitches that we hope, well, we hope we can hit. The point of this is to kind of share with you uh, our courage uh, to take some swings. Now, who knows what's going to happen? Can't tell you. Don't know. Because as I'm hitting the record button, well, the outcome has not been realized yet. So we're kind of in the... uh, We're in the early throes of it, we shall say. So it's kind of what I want to talk to you about. And it's also why I dubbed this kind of a special episode, because this is just kind of a catch up sort of a thing. Now, as I hit the record button today is August 28th, 2022. It's a Sunday. I've already kind of given you a little bit of context because the FedEx cup was won by Rory. I'm not a golfer, but I kind of enjoy watching it. And Hawaii, they won the Little League World Series. So that all happened earlier today. I've been thinking about this episode for a little while and I wasn't really sure where I was going to go. There's a quote. It was written in a book, The Light in the Heart by Roy T. Bennett. Don't be pushed around by the fears in your mind. Be led by the dreams in your heart. Don't be pushed around by the fears in your mind. Be led by the dreams in your heart. Well, easier said than done. But I completely agree with it. I have argued ad nauseum. There is no downside to optimism. And I got an episode that I've already recorded that you're going to hear at some point. I don't recall the title of which one. Like I said, I'm 12 episodes ahead. Um, for us to control our thoughts and to choose optimism, which 
frankly, in my experience is what mostly needs to happen. And I say that because there are just very few people that I have ever encountered who are by default optimistic and optimistic to the sense that they really don't much focus on, well, what, what bad thing could happen here? I have found that most of us tend to go to worst case scenario. But I've also learned that when we go to worst case scenario, we really don't take the time to think that through properly and to fully vet it all the way out by answering the question. We just kind of like to let the fears run rampant in our mind, like hamsters on a wheel. And we just get terrified and we get anxious and we get worked up and we just think about the worst thing that could happen but we don't pause to think about how ridiculous some of this stuff is. And if you do the exercise and I do, okay, the worst thing that can happen. Well, the worst thing that can happen is the thing that I most want over here. It, it, it won't happen. I, I won't, I won't achieve what I hope to achieve. Okay. Well, let's take the seven-year-old who's afraid to swing the bat. Worst thing that can happen. I don't know what they're fearful of, but you and I both know logically the worst thing that can happen is he strikes out. Okay. Let's keep on projecting. Let's have this conversation. Okay. You strike out and now what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, now I've got to walk back to the dugout in shame. (laughs) Okay. You've got teammates who strike out all the time. You have teammates every inning who strike out. I have never yet seen a six, seven year old. I haven't seen any team at any age from little bitty kids to major leaguers. Somebody strikes out and the whole dugout is mocking them, making fun of them. I haven't seen that. Oh, but you're fearful that you'll be the first. I mean, that that's fear that is steeped in just nothing. There's no evidence of this at all. So what's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is you strike out and then you get another chance later. Part of it, I think with little kids, it might be, they just might, they just might fear the whole game. And then it makes you wonder why put yourself through this? Well, because mom and dad are probably pushing the agenda that did dawn on me as I was watching these kids, it dawned on me, you know, these kids may not even enjoy this game. It, this just may not be their cup of tea. They might, parents might be forcing them to play a sport they don't really want to play. Possible. Not saying it's true, but it's possible. Don't be pushed around by the fears in your mind. Be led by the dreams in your heart. I like the wording that Mr. Bennett used because I believe that it's accurate. I do believe that we are pushed around by the fears in our mind. I do believe we can be led by the dreams in our heart, but I also know this. It's a matter of choosing it. I'm not talking about six or seven year olds. I'm talking about you and me. I'm talking about the adults among us. We can choose to let the fears in our mind push us around. We can choose to let the dreams in our heart grab us by the hand and lead us forward. We can. So 
here we are. After 44 plus years of marriage and Rhonda and I are, as always, we're taking our swings. We're taking our swings. We're trying to be calculated about it. We're trying not to just swing wildly at everything. We're trying to swing at pitches that we believe we can hit. And so let's talk a little bit about our batters, our batters box story up to now. I don't know what the future is going to hold. That's number one newsflash. I've never known. Okay. So do you not make plans? No, of course, of course we're making plans. We're making plans. Now we are considering a number of things. When you get to be our age, we're both 65. We're not old. We're not circling the drain. Although there are days I kind of feel like I might want to circle the drain. <laughs> I mean, the, there are days I'm like, you know, just put that pill over my head. You know, let's just, let's just go ahead. You know, I feel like Frank Barone on everybody loves Raymond. Come on, comment. Um, well, you've got days like that. Come on. We've all got days like that, but I've been really thinking a lot about this whole, this whole choosing optimism kind of a thing. And here's the summation of it. I'm going to talk about it in some future episodes. The time that we spend worrying or agonizing or getting anxious, fill in the blank with whatever verbiage you want. That's on us. That's on us. We could just as easily spend our time dreaming about the home run. Hey, I could, I could get the pitch I'm looking for. I could make contact with that pitch. I could, I could, I could send it over the wall. Man, how cool would that be? I could think like that. Or I could think, oh, this isn't ever going to work. If I swing, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm not going to make contact. I'm going to strike. I can spend my time thinking either one of those things. It's completely up to me which one I want to choose. I know. I know. I hear the arguments. I hear them all the time. Yeah, but you know, it's just not realistic to think that every time you get in the box that you're going to hit a home run. We're not talking about being realistic. We're talking about what you think. We're talking about how you spend your time thinking. So my question is, okay, so the harm in you thinking about hitting home runs, the harm is what? I mean, you think just by thinking it, that you're being delusional, no more so than thinking that every time you get in the box, you're going to strike out. No more so than thinking every time you get in the box, you're going to get hit by a pitch. I mean, one's not any more delusional than the other. I don't, it, it's, it's fantastical to me that more people just don't choose, don't choose optimism. I do understand why it's hard. It's hard. You have to be really intentional about it. Now here's where this fits in with us. So we're trying to figure out what we want to do, trying to figure out the next step. And in this whole craft of trying to figure things out, some decisions are less impactful than others. Not every decision is, is weighted equally. You know, you've made some decisions and the outcome. Yeah. You got a preference and there's one that's an ideal outcome for you, but if it doesn't happen, come on, it's not that big a deal. Others have a bigger impact. 
others involve a bigger risk. Others involve a bigger reward. And so that just puts more weight on the decision. Well, I mentioned our age because at our age, the magnitude of decisions, especially ones that involve, you know, kind of bigger life decisions. Okay. Well, they've got ramifications and you'd be an idiot to not consider them. That doesn't mean that you're pessimistic. It doesn't mean that you're going to think the worst, but you, you need to weigh the cost to decide for instance, it's probably not smart for a 65 year old to bet the farm on some business idea could be, but statistically speaking, probably not the best course of action to take. We're just going to bet the farm that this is going to work swimmingly because if it doesn't, well, okay, we're bankrupt. Ah, but man, if it succeeds, we're, we are tenfold better off than we are right now financially. That risk might be a tad too heavy if you're long in the tooth. Might not be to each his own. For me, I can tell you right now, I ain't betting the farm. I'm not betting the farm on anything at this stage of life. I'm just not willing to. Well, I don't have to because I don't have a farm. So there is that (laughs) we're in the batter's box. We're trying to figure this out. We're willing to take a swing. We kind of sort of know the pitches that we're looking for. We're going to know the ideal pitch. The problem is it's one of those things right now. We'll know it when we see it, but it's, it, it can be really murky and difficult to, to narrow it down and articulate it. If that makes any sense at all, maybe it does. Maybe you can relate as you're sitting there and you watch the pitch, leave the pitcher's hand and you read the pitch and you believe, you believe that it is going to be in the sweet spot of your swing. Yeah, okay. We're, we're going to swing. Can I define all of those variables? Can I define what the ball's going to look like coming out of the pitcher's hand? Can I define what it's going to look like when it's five feet away from the pitcher? Can I identify what it's going to look like when it's five feet away from me? I can't, but I'll know it when I see it. And when I see it, I'm going to be willing to swing. And so that patience that's required in this whole craft of trying to figure it out I think is really, really important. I think it's the courage to take the swing, but it's also the courage to have patience to take a swing at a pitch that you believe you really believe you can hit it. I'm not going to go chase a ball in the dirt. There's your metaphor. And it seems to me that too many, too many of us do. I have, I've done it before. You've done it before. We've all chased balls that go into the dirt because we, we misread it. Now at this stage of life, it gives us, it doesn't give us, but it compels us to engage in a bit more patience because if you misread it and you think you can hit it only to find out that it is such a nasty, nasty pitch that it drops like a rock and it ends up in the dirt and you swing 
because you weren't expecting it to drop like a rock. And yeah, that's in the back of your mind. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, by the way. I'm just saying you have to calculate your chances. So you step into the batter's box. It's the first pitch. Can you afford to get it wrong? You can, because you got two more swings. You got two more, you got two more strikes, but now it's a full count. You got two strikes against you. 50, 50 odds. What are you going to do? Don't know. You don't know till you see the pitch. You know the pitch you're looking for, and if you see that pitch, you can think about taking the swing. But something might compel you at the last minute to say, mm, nah. Right? We, we, we are all doing this. It is why I just insist on defining wisdom as getting it right in real time. Life is pitching. We're looking at pitches, and we're trying to figure out, do we want to have the, do we want to swing? Are we just going to let the bat sit on our shoulder? But those of us that are willing to take the swing don't want to just swing wildly. We want to swing at pitches that we can hit. For me and Rhonda, it means we're trying to figure out the transition to the next chapter of life. I was reading over at LinkedIn, somebody that has been here in Dallas. There's a photograph. She posted a photograph of the two of them. He's driving. It's, it's from the back, like the back seat. And there's the highway in front of them. And they're saying goodbye to Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas after 24 years. And they're moving up north somewhere. I don't know all the circumstances of it. But you see things like that occasionally on LinkedIn. You see where somebody takes a job and they, they've been here in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas for a long, long time. And now, you know, they're off. You see it sometimes in people that they've been away from Dallas, Fort Worth for a long, 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 long time. And they're coming back home. And we see these stories and it's like, eh, you know, I mean, it's just, there are, according to what I have been told and what you read, there are 350, is that right? 350 people moving into Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas every day. Isn't that phenomenal? <laughs> it seems, but come on, we're, you know, we're the number five market in the country quickly heading to be number four. Uh, so there's a whole lot of movement. There's a lot of movement in, there's a lot of movement out. There's clearly a ton of movement in and the economy is good. The location is good. Uh, schools are good. The government is super friendly to corporations that move here. I mean, there's boatloads of concessions get made. Understandable, right? It's really strong economic development and all that. Um, no state income tax, criminally high property taxes, but we're not talking about that. So these stories of coming and going, these, and I'm only mentioning this because people are making some really big swings they are looking at life's pitches and they are taking some really big swings and some really critical innings of, of the game in their life. And they're making big decisions to be in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas for over two decades. And now, and then to leave, well, you're not going to just, you're not going to make that decision lightly. 
And so not all decisions, not all swings are equal. Some at-bats are way more important than other at-bats. Rhonda and I are at a really important at-bat. And so it's really critical that we we read the pitches correctly. It's really important that we 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 take the swings that we want to take and the ones that we have the most confidence in. It is also equally important that we swing the bat. It's important that we don't just sit around with the bat on our shoulder waiting for life to unfold. It's important, per that quote by Mr. Bennett, that we be led by the dreams in our heart and that we refuse to be pushed around by the fears in our mind. I'd love to tell you we don't have any. We don't have any fears in our mind. We do. We've just done our best to put ourselves in a position to try to minimize those, and we feel like we've done that. But to tell you that there's no apprehension, to tell you that there's no anxiety would just be a lie because there is because it's a big it's a big inning it's a really big inning it's not the same inning when we were faced with some things in our 20s or 30s cuz that's not the inning we're in now right we're we're in some of the latter innings and this is a game we want to win and so that puts more pressure on every at bat to get it right more appropriately, maybe it puts pressure for us to not get it wrong. And sometimes I find it helpful to approach it that way, that instead of putting pressure on getting it right, how about we just, let's just try our best to not get it wrong. And if we do get it wrong, let's get it wrong so that we're, we're minimizing the hurt and we can live to fight another day. And that's what we've done. And that's what we're continuing to do. I don't know what the outcome's going to be. I'm talking to you about Yellow Studio version 3.0. Couldn't tell you what, what shape that's going to take. I know some things that we're working toward and planning. Will we be able to make those happen? I don't know. Am I optimistic? I am. I am. I'm incredibly optimistic. I'm sharing some of the dreams with you. And part of the reason for that is to pull the curtain back and share with you so that hopefully you can gain some insight because I know that you got some dreams too, and you've got fears as well. And you likely are wrestling with the same things that all the rest of us are fighting to not be pushed around by the fears in your mind. And at the same time fighting, and it's what we have to do fighting to let the dreams in your heart lead you. And it's hard work. It is tough, tough work. Now it's completely worthwhile, but it's really hard work. And I want you to benefit from our story. I want you to not just listen passively. I want you to actively listen and make application of it as it suits you. And then look in the mirror and do your own heavy lifting. Cause your situation is going to be different from ours. Your timeline is going to be different. The timeline where you are in life is going to be different. What you want to do is going to be different. The geography is going to be, everything can be completely different, but the same because we're human 
and we've got these fears and they're very, very real. And the more we think about them, the more real they become. And that's the other point. We give our fears so much oxygen. We think about them so much. They're no longer just visions in our head. They're no longer just thoughts. They take much more of a concrete substance because, well, we've thought about them for so long. And we've built up this expectation for so long, which is a reason why we can't give them that much headspace. We just can't give them that much headspace. They are undeserving of the headspace we give them. The dreams in our heart are more deserving and the poor dreams in our heart have got to fight for every square inch they get because the fears are just, it's just too easy. It is just too easy. You know, it's like lethargy or complacency. It's just, it's just too easy to be apathetic. It's just too easy to not care. It's just too easy to sit on the sofa. It's way harder to get off your butt and get your sneakers on and go work out. It's way harder. I don't want to do that. I just, let me sit here. You know, let me, it's way too easy for us to talk ourselves out of the very thing that we ought to be doing and to do nothing fears that can take the form of laziness is the kid with the bat on his shoulder. Is he fearful? Is he lazy? You know, he could be unskilled. He could lack confidence because well, unlike my grandkids who've got a pitching machine in their backyard, he may not get any practice. My son and I were talking last season and there's so many parents and they put their kids in a sport like that and they spend no time. They spend no time helping this kid learn the game. They spend no time playing catch. And the only practice that the kid has is this once a week little team, you know, get together, which is a practice and they work on stuff. But if you're six or seven, it is so abundantly clear the players that are getting reps and getting practice and getting encouragement. And I don't mean during a game, but I mean, when nobody's looking, when dad, maybe even mom, maybe even grandma is playing catch and they're practicing hitting. So my son's coaching a little older team with the, uh, with the other grandson. And I've heard him say repeatedly in post game meetings. Okay. Now we got it. We got a game on Thursday night. Okay. Now parents go to the batting cages. I mean, try to go to the batting cages, you know, once between now and then and shut your mouth. Thursday night comes and you can tell, you can tell which kids are getting those opportunities and which ones aren't life is the same way. Are we practicing squeezing out the fears in our mind? Are we practicing making sure that our dreams can lead us that the dreams in our heart? Are we, are we practicing forget when we're in the batter's box? Are we practicing before we get into the batter's box so that our dreams in our heart can take the lead? If we aren't, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen when we're in the batter's box. It's just not.
if we aren't taking swings through the week, come game time, we lack the confidence which can propel the courage for us to take the swings that we need to take. And if we don't take the swings, you and I both know what happens. In life, nah, we're not walking. We're not walking. We're striking out. We're just striking out. We're missing opportunities that otherwise might have a chance for success if only we would hold, hold fast to the belief this is going to work out. This is actually going to happen. I know. I hear you. Yeah, but Randy, what if it doesn't happen? Okay. You have lost what? You've lost time holding a good thought as opposed to time spent holding a bad thought. What have you lost? What exactly have you lost? Courage to take a swing. We're trying our best. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'd love to tell you that it is. I, I wish it were, but it's not. But it's worth it. We keep kind of going back and forth on some of our plans and we're still just kind of fixated on, okay, let's just architect the next, ah, the next 12 to 16 months of our life. Let's just take the swings that will help us achieve what we want over the next 12 to 16 months of our life. That'll buy us some time. We can step out of the batter's box and we can recuperate because at our age you need to. And then we can start taking some batting practice and get ready for the next time we need to take swings. And so that's what we're doing. It's approach we're taking. Courage to take a swing. And we're really, 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 really working hard on pitch identification. And we're trying to read life correctly, make the right decision. I won't know until it's over whether we got it right or not. <laughs> it's leaning toward wisdom, folks. Modern tales of an ancient pursuit. Trying to get it right in real time. But the confirmation, the confirmation that you did get it right in real time. Okay, well, that comes later. We don't get to know that in real time. There needs to be a little bit of history and perspective, some distance in time. Oh, it's fretful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I hate it. There's so many things about it I hate. But I'm choosing optimism. We're going to think the best. And we're going to think that the next pitch that we see is going to be the one we're looking to hit. And then we are going to do our dead level best to make contact, follow through. We're going to hope that we send it over the wall. And if we don't, we just get to first base. Better than striking out. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Thank you for clicking play. Greetings and welcome.
inside the Yellow Studio. <laughs>